0: Get it Get it, X-Men Come on. Hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z.
1: I'm Adam.
0: And you know what? I'm Zach and I'm mad, Adam. I'm mad at you. What are I'm
1: mad at you. you, ma- sp- you mad, you at, mad you. at me?
0: I'm mad at what you. What do I, I, I do? I think we have different philosophies and I think, <laughs> I think that you and I are just at this impasse here. We are at a fork in the road and I'm afraid that this podcast is going to be torn asunder.
1: You know, maybe you should just move to an island, Mr. Jenkins, and I'll take the East Coast. What do you think about that?
0: (laughs) I mean, like, listen, if the Ohio River would actually (laughs) encompass the state, then I don't know if it would count as an island, but it would be close, I guess. A
1: peninsula of sorts.
0: Well, no, because a peninsula has to be connected to something. So I Mm. guess if if the Ohio River were to go up to, say, Toledo, uh... On the north and I guess it's less the Ohio at that point and that's really the Miami which uh, it's short of Toledo I forget where uh, but it goes up that direction more or less because uh, the uh, and then instead of going into Pittsburgh it just went straight up for the start of it. Uh, then it would be a peninsula coming off of I guess Michigan <laughs> and being being held by Lake Erie and the Ohio River. So sure, why not?
1: We could do that,
0: I guess. I don't know why we're doing geography right
1: now. I don't either. <laughs> I'm also unclear about what our battling ideology is, but I guess it doesn't really matter because we're talking worry. about schism this we week.
0: We are We are talking about <laughs> schism. The ideology doesn't matter. It's just that there's a schism, and that schism is between uh, the two people – I don't know which one of us is more the Wolverine. I don't think it's...
1: (laughs) Well, one of us, I guess, supports child soldiers, and the other one uh, supports a a well-rounded education, which includes uh, giving an American Girl doll to a 14-year-old.
0: I would say that (laughs) I support child soldiers more than you. I feel like on, on the mean, that would make me Wolverine and you... No, that would make me Cyclops and you Wolverine. That's right, because it doesn't even make any sense. That's right. Sorry, it's
1: it's it's an odd choice given you know Wolverine runs around in this time period on like a, a, a secret black ops uh, assassination team. But so the children don't
0: the... have to be on secret he's... black ops assassination teams anymore.
1: Right. Even if they've already been coming with him on them. <laughs>
0: He only did, he only brought children on his secret Black ops assassination teams for a, a bit, for a while. Right.
1: Oh. Yeah. This does sort of come out of nowhere. Anyway, uh, who do we have to thank for talking about uh, Schism? Uh,
0: to thank, and thanks a strong word here, uh, to talk about, or to thank for us talking about Schism, uh, we have our good friend Jason Large. Uh, Jason is... Uh, Great dude, uh, good pal, uh, amazing designer. Uh, he redid the entire Comics XF website. He was part of the team that did the uh, new logo. Uh, he just uh, launched, curated a new section of the website called Comics XF Primer, uh, where it's looking at these really nifty, almost infographic like. Uh, things showing, hey, these are cool series that we love that, you know, you should pick up, or these are uh, some reading lists, and kind of reading orders hey, I've always wanted to get into, like, Superman, but I don't know how, I don't know where to start with Superman because he's been published since the 30s, what do I do? And these are like, well, do you want to just, like, get, like, top level? How about you want to get, like, to Superman Advance, and then, like, here's the pro getting into Superman, and then after after you do all this, you're probably going to be ready to get into Superman at whatever level you want. You're going to be able to jump into whatever wild stuff. Anyway, that was a passion project Jason did, and we're really excited that that launched. Uh, mm-hmm. But Jason also uh, – it's funny because Jason gets paid for the website uh, when, he, <laughs> when he writes stuff. Uh, and then he also uh, pays – into the website because he likes it so much because he went over to patreon.com slash comicsxf and tossed a few dollars all the way uh, <laughs> to help us out and to get a comic uh, covered on the show and the comic that uh, he chose is Schism, uh, written by Jason Aaron. Uh, it's a five-issue mini series with different artists on each issue. So Carlos Pacheco, Cam Smith, and Frank DiArmada do issue number one. The second issue is Frank Chow and uh, Jason Keith. Uh, The third issue is uh, Daniel Cunha. Uh, The fourth issue is Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Jason Keith. And the fifth issue is uh, Adam Kubrick, Mark Roslin, and Jason Keith. Hey, um...
1: That sure is a, a, a variety of different art styles, wouldn't you say?
0: <laughs> yeah, before we before we get into this, so this was a weekly this was a weekly event mm-hmm. uh, that they were doing back in two thousand and eleven, and it was the end of the Utopia era proper, uh, right? It was splitting up, and essentially what you knew going into this because solicits existed. Mm -hmm. and things got solicited three months in advance (laughs) uh was that wolverine and cyclops were going to fight they were going to break up and wolverine was going to have his own book called wolverine and the x-men and cyclops was going to have uncanny x-men number one literally the first time that title had been used ever
1: (laughs) yeah so this is the five issue breakup story um it's a real mixed bag, I would say, and um, did we mention this is a Jason Aaron joint?
0: We did mention that this was a Jason Aaron. This joint, This is yes. a Jason
1: Aaron joint and now Jason uh,
0: Aaron had been the writer of Wolverine
1: uh, right
0: at this point in continuity. he was he was currently writing the character. He would go on to write Wolverine and the X-Men uh, for the next little spell.
1: Yeah, and this definitely feels much more like proto Wolverine in the X Men than anything else. Uh, it it is a clunky story that involves the uh, formation of the Hellfire Club kids kids club. Um, it's got some Kid Omega stuff in it, and it's all around just k- kind of uh, okay. Um. So
0: let let me give you let me give you a <laughs> pie in the sky kind of look here. Sure. Wolverine and Cyclops give a speech at the UN and say, hey, sentinels are bad. Don't use them, please. There's 198 of us. You don't need genocide robots for us. Please. Let us live on our rock. Please. (laughs) Yes. Quentin Choir, who Mm. at this point, it's important to remember, had appeared in Riot at Xavier's Phoenix End Song and a, like, Three page no girl backup in uh anthology series.
1: Right. So he was basically just in a, a test tube in Beast's lab at this point. Yeah.
0: He was he he had uh ascended to a higher plane of existence at this time. That's right. that's that's not me <laughs> making things up, that's the text. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh and anyway he comes back uh like Alfred E. Newman. Uh, which is exactly how Frank Chow draws him. Uh, and it's, oh,
1: man. Nobody it, knows what he looks like. Nobody. The, the character design is all over the map.
0: All over the map. <laughs> he invades the UN and makes all of the dignitaries tell their deepest, darkest secrets, including the Iranian uh, dignitary. Ab-
1: Ahmadinejad, <laughs> who straight up is like... Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Yeah. They, uh, they did not just try to, you know, make it somebody else. They like straight up just drew him into the comic. There's Iran president.
0: There's um <laughs> Jason Aaron draws some pretty Islamophobic stuff in the, or writes some Islamophobic stuff in this. Uh not saying that Iran is a great or well run or particularly good government. But also, he does make the Muslim country the face of all oppression and bigotry in the world uh, in the center point of that, which is not great. Uh, But we find out that all of this was a coordinated effort uh, to get people more into the Sentinel program and wanting to buy new Sentinels and doing new Sentinel stuff by (sighs) Cade Kilgore. (laughs) The,
1: you seem excited to talk about Kate Kilgore. <laughs> he's
0: he's twelve year old Shinobi Shaw, is what he is.
1: That's a good description. I never really thought about it that way, but that is exactly what he is.
0: He's introduced by killing his dad and becoming the black king of the Hellfire Club.
1: That's correct. Uh also he sucks. though, like the, the, the version of the Hellfire Club that is presented here is very strange. It's sort of this long table of hooded figures and you know the 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 hellfire kids club takes him out um, at it's some point in this story
0: unrecognizable no it's too. very strange it's it's like jason Aaron's like hellfire club rich guys yeah i got this i figured this out i'll run with this um and he does it i guess and kate K- kilgore brings in three other terrible kids which by the way no one in this comic can draw a child
1: the first issue, I think, uh, Pacheco probably does the the best job of, of actually capturing like a young Cade Kilgore. But uh, gosh, they're especially, I think it's Cubert. Cubert at the end is like what?
0: Cubert <laughs> is drawing some like John Ramita Junior looking children. <laughs> <laughs> They do not look like they should exist on any any mortal plane.
1: Yeah, um, but their age is like jump. Depending on the artist, their age is jumping up and down, up and down. Uh, and and the art in general in this is such a wild contrast from issue to issue. I, obviously, I've spoken about my love for uh, Daniel Acuna's stuff in the past, and I think his his issue is probably my favorite. Yes, um, there is a a newly opened history museum of the x-men which also kind of feels like a jokey jason aaron type thing um, it's dumb that that there would
0: be a history museum (laughs) for the x-men when the x-men had existed for 10
1: years sure we don't know that that floating time scale it does seem very odd yeah um and then that gets attacked by uh the hellfire kids club and uh and then this giant like mutating nanotech sentinel decides to just walk through the water to go destroy utopia and um then i guess cyclops and wolverine just decide that's a great time to get into a philosophical debate about the age at which x-men should become x-men
0: yeah so and we'll talk we'll talk about the specific event in our next uh, story that we cover here but one of the uh one of the generation hope teens uh oh yeah she uh is she has to kill a bunch of Hellfire Guards uh, Mm -hmm. to save all the other X-Men and stop a bomb from going off and killing thousands. And Wolverine doesn't like that. And it's not like Cyclops likes it, but he's very pragmatic about it and said, well, listen, she was literally the only person who could do anything. So our options were, say, Do what you need to do or die.
1: It's a very uh, weak premise, you know, in general. The fact that Logan is. uh, okay I mean, just look at it historically. Logan has been a mentor to teenage girls before. Constantly.
0: Um, He has taught he he has has taught many teenage girls how to murder.
1: I was going to say he has uh he has taught kitty pride uh and and coached her through becoming a ninja um he has had jubilee as just sort of like a rambling sidekick for a very long time armor um like the list goes on and yet this this one bugs him to the point where I mentioned this before, but she's already fourteen years old and he's like lamenting the 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 lost youth that she's had. Um, it's because this point. is
0: what Jason Aaron thinks that little girls and all all women care about is wanting to play with dolls and it's keeping weird, that weird right? purity. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a I am I don't know how to put this right way. I am not pro child soldiers. Of course not. <laughs> I do not I think that on a black and white scale Wolverine is correct. We should have less child soldiers in the world.
1: It's the way it's illustrated though, right? Like the way it's demonstrated.
0: They demonstrate it by saying that the options are children should never get into a fight. Even if it means they are going to die and other people are going to die. Versus Cyclops, whose stance is, I've been a child soldier since I was 16 and... That may not have been the healthiest upbringing, but there's less than 200 mutants in the world, and people continually try to kill us. So, to me, it does make sense that we would accept that reality and work under that, not accept a dream of something better.
1: It's also situational, like, Very? it's really situational. Like, he here is this giant <laughs> sentinel coming to go step on Utopia. Here are, you know, high school age students ready to Witch. help the fight. And, like, Cyclops is like, I'm not going to stop you. You can help out if you want. And Wolverine's it, like, no, go play is, with a doll. This is not,
0: <laughs> this is not small Innocent children that Cyclops is like, well, I guess we are literally the only people at our house that can defend it. We should (laughs) probably defend it. No, these are the kid X-Men who have been doing things for years. This is Hope Summers who has been holding a gun since she was two. This is X-23. This is – these are kids who have – Spent a lot of time training to be X-Men. These are kids who have fought Nimrod. So another Sentinel, I feel like, (laughs) should not be the tipping point for Wolverine to cover the entire island with C4 and say, I will literally blow up our house if you make these kids do an X-Men fight. It's... He's right in the sense that, yeah, we shouldn't make... Kids do fights. That's bad. All superheroes are bad. All superheroes are actually unhealthy if you think about it for too long. This is Wolverine making the argument that Bruce Wayne should just, like, do universal basic income for Gotham, and that'll stop the Joker from uh, doing <laughs> chemical attacks on everyone's fish. It's like, yeah, sure, okay. We, we understand Wolverine that's ignoring the premise of the story of the strangest teens of all time
1: yeah it just strikes me as like very out of character um this was you know what's funny is you know i think we've talked before about the fact that this is the era that um i got back into x-men i think you had a similar thing about getting right into after the Karen, this Karen uncanny stuff. One right after this yeah right and i was getting into wolverine and the x-men and then i got into all new x-men and um, it's
0: wild that we we actually did choose different sides of the schism to get
1: printed <laughs> to X, but so in, in a way,
0: the schism did work exactly yeah. how they planned. And,
1: and what strikes me is that, you know, obviously it's a it's a like publishing move, right? To, oh, to yeah. get them into the two separate books and split up the teams and everything. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But um it just doesn't feel in character how they got there. You know what I mean? Like, it seems so sudden and so out of character for Wolverine to have this. Like, there should be another reason. And it gets to the point where there's this one moment when Cyclops and Wolverine are about to, like, throw down. When Cyclops says something about Jean not liking Wolverine, like, never have loving loved uh, Wolverine or something. And I'm like, wait, really? That We're doing this? Like... You
0: think- Adam, do you think Jason Aaron is ever going to miss an opportunity to uh, (laughs) do that? Uh, The answer is no, he will not. And we all know that the real answer is that these two just need to kiss and make up, which they eventually got their moon house and everyone's happy. That's right. It's wild how no one's upset about this. And we all just said, yes, this (laughs) finally makes sense, y'all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I just especially in the contrast of having the Hellfire Kids Club be the villains and then that extending over to Wolverine and the X-Men. It's just strange. The The whole thing is just weird.
0: The plot is totally based on weird goofs of these small children teaming up with space aliens to do this stuff. And then at the same time, Wolverine and Cyclops having this big... Existential discussion like if you want to if you want to do like Garth Ennis Punisher Max kind of you know world without superheroes vibe if that's really what you want and you want to look at the nitty-gritty like this is the reality of the situation this is why child soldiers are bad you can do that I won't like that story either but you can do it and you can probably have something to say but when you have when you have 12-year-olds one of which is a descendant of Dr. Victor Frankenstein
1: <laughs> don't say it
0: <laughs> it does undercut the point you're trying to make Jason Aaron
1: yes it sure does but uh in the end I I guess it uh it served its purpose and it, it splits the teams up so wait this um,
0: wasn't I I'm sorry I said this was weak this was weekly. This was not weekly. They did this from July to October. Shoot, this is no excuse. Y'all should have just gotten one artist for this.
1: It's it's a strange decision, and it also adds to sort of the the discombobulating feel of the book. Uh, we already noted that the character designs sort of flop from one to the other, and it's not that any of the individual issues is poorly drawn. It, they're, they're they're well constructed, but. Um, I think the Frank Joe you know, one's pretty
0: bad, and I think the Alan Davis one is not Alan Davis's Shining Hour.
1: Look, they're fine. They're they're complete comic books. They don't look like they were, like, super rushed or anything right, like that. Right, it's just Okay,
0: okay, okay.
1: You know, it, they're fine. They're fine. But you're right. It would be a little bit more tonally consistent if we could have just had one. You know what I mean? Um, all right. That being said, I think we should probably rank this on our big old list.
0: Yeah, because, Adam, I'll tell you, we have 489 stories on our wow. road to 500. Holy cow. We are so close. We, I, can, mm-hmm. I can taste it. Uh, and we're going to have to get through some stuff first, uh, including the number one story on our list, which is House of X: Powers of 10. The number 100 story on our list, The Fallen Rise of the New Mutants. The 200 story on our list, which is Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey. Uh, 300th story on our list is X-Men 17 through 19, Skinning of Souls. Uh, 400 on our list is Excalibur 31, which I forget which one that is completely and utterly.
1: Is that where she fights uh, Galactus?
0: Nope, nope. That's uh, the son of Krakoa. That's the son oh, of okay. Krakoa. That
1: makes more sense. That's
0: exactly what it is. It's too late um, to be the other one. It is, because that, that one where 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 Rachel fights Galactus rules <laughs> Adam, that one's great. It is uh, and, then, really good. and then four eighty nine is the Draco. Um, all
1: right, uh, better or worse than Extinction Agenda three thirteen.
0: That's a good question. Um, I want to say probably a bit better than Extinction Agenda. I, right. I'm also I'm also not hot on Extinction Agenda at all.
1: Yeah. No, it's a mess. Uh, it's a story for sure. Um, this is probably a little bit more cohesive, but I think it's still messy. And I think we've also like kind of highlighted the the out of character <laughs> that's yeah. going on here. So I think where we're else?
0: we're in the right area. I think like three hundred two is the X Men versus the Avengers, which is similarly messy and mm-hmm. inconsistent art and confounding. But I do think Schism is better than that.
1: Okay, so we're working our way into the 200s here. Um,
0: it's not as good as 275, which is another Jason Aaron comic, which is Dark Reign the List Wolverine number one, where Phantom X and Novar use atheism to defeat a weapon <laughs> from Weapon Plus.
1: Okay, that's fair. That story's
0: better than this one. Like, I don't love it, but it's better uh, than it. That's got a sod ribbit art the whole time.
1: That is true. Um, I feel like this might be a little better than the uh, first four issues of Marvel Fanfare Savage Savage Land arc. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, It's not better than Final Sanction from Phalanx Covenant. Final No, it's not.
1: (laughs) All right, so that's going to make it our new two seventy nine.
0: That will make it our uh, our new number two seventy nine Schism.
1: But Adam, now, okay, go ahead.
0: No, you go ahead. I want, I want you to do it.
1: <laughs> well, you, you mentioned before that there is sort of like this inciting incident with, uh, with Oya, um, and uh, it gets fleshed out in another series that was happening simultaneously, which is Generation Hope.
0: Yes, this is uh, Kieran Gillen's series. Tim Seeley uh, does the first. Two issues that we're covering here Numbers 10 and 11 And number 12 has Steven Sanders uh, On art Uh, And it's about uh, Oh yeah Having to do a murder And feeling bad about it And then Hope having to essentially say Cyclops We are going to fight for our island home Because I grew up in the future And Cable's my dad (laughs) Right this is all i've I've ever known (laughs) so like this is not even a little bit of an ethical thing for me i'm a soldier uh and it's about the the fallout from that decision onward it this is the kid's perspective Mm -hmm. on this event which is important because it's wolverine and cyclops fighting over children i think the downside of it is that it focuses on Generation Hope, who have had nine issues before this, and are not, like, the Bra- most <laughs> fleshed-out children.
1: No, we're not talking about the cast of New X-Men here, right? Like, the, the basic premise of these three issues, aside from exploring how uh, Oya is feeling, is transonic going at it with hope and the two of them arguing about whether they should be following hope at all. Um, Which I guess is an interesting like arc for this group of characters, but it also is just kind of like, we know that all of this is just happening in the background of the other mini series.
0: Right. So this, this follows up on the arc that Gillen was doing as generation hope uh, was progressing. Which was that the rest of the lights they felt a unique bond to hope. they mm-hmm. felt a deep connection, much like the five in Hawksbox in the whole Krakoa era where they feel stronger together and all this stuff and two of two of the lights, specifically transonic and zero, uh, who's the Akira monster, right. <laughs> Um, they don't like that. (laughs) No, which is not an unreasonable perspective.
1: Yeah. There's definitely an element here where the, some of them feel very connected. Some of them don't, they're starting to see what the divisions are between them. Um, you know, it's, I think it suffers for exactly the reason that you said, like it's getting sucked into an event after not a lot of character development of, of these characters being introduced so you know there's not a lot really happening you know especially after they've defeated the sentinel off screen and it's it's more sort of like teen drama um there's a thing with with pixie um
0: oh pixie makes up with makes out with velocidad uh, right. who and had Hope's been crushing on hope that. they'd been like kind of dating uh anyway then Pixie finds out and she's mad at him, and then Hope finds out and she's mad at him. So she kicks him in the nuts and says, "Pixie, you're on the team now. Let's let's make this weird." Yeah, so I listen. She's a Summers. I love her. I love Hope. She very good.
1: She might be the only really interesting thing here, though. You know, like the the introduction of we've been calling her Oya, but Edie. Um, I think isn't is really Yeah. Yeah, is is you know, what people start calling her in, in Wolverine and the X Men. That that character, you know, from the beginning is this whole idea of having we we've called her sort of a, a rain clone in the past because her whole thing is about religious guilt and um, you know, that extends to this event where where she had to kill people and is this her place on the earth is this what she's supposed to be doing i think that stuff's kind of interesting i don't know that it's done particularly well here though
0: no it's done badly i i think that's the that's the biggest curse of uh is that she is consistently written poorly like she just feels like she's sitting here saying i am a monster i am evil there does not feel like there is any real Internal conflict with her, or any growth, or anything like that. The story is about how she is too good and pure, and we must uh, protect her instead of letting her discover who she is. And it's not my favorite. I tend to have a more favorable view of the lights in general. Uh, I think Primal is an interesting, if not well executed, idea. I, th- I like I like Zero as both a visual design and I like that he's so overtly a villain, but he's a villain who's <laughs> making, like, incredibly reasonable points and not even doing much. He's a villain because he's an antagonist and he's coded as weird and creepy. hmm Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that's interesting. And I like the joke where Rock Slide is talking to Transonic and – <laughs> She's like, oh, I need to, I I feel like I need to get out of my clothes and take a shower. And Rockslide, who again is a rock man, looks at her (laughs) because she's a a blue, like, I don't even know how to describe her. Uh, She's blue. She's just, she's a blue person who doesn't wear clothes. Her skin is her costume. And he looks at her and he says, You can get more naked? (laughs) And I like that Rockslide, yes, he's being a weird, kind of pervy teen. Also, that's a very valid question, and it is incredibly confusing to think about <laughs> for more than five seconds. It's a that's a very Kieran Gillen line, and I do like that. <laughs> I like Kieran Gillen in general. Uh, I think this arc is man, Tim Sealey's not my favorite artist. I was going to
1: say the the art is just kind of okay. Uh, it's, it doesn't it's just okay add I don't, anything.
0: I don't love Seely's art. I don't love Sanders' art. It's fine. They're they're good hands. They're workmen. It's just not, nothing that's going to stand out.
1: No, not at all. Um, So I don't think this is really adding too much to the already strange circumstances that are being dealt with here. So
0: (laughs) I also don't know if it's, I don't know if it's better or worse than Schism proper, because I think it's, the problems it has are different than the problems that Schism has. Like, Schism, um, Schism has unique, like, very specific tonal issues and how it's presented. I think Generation Hope is presented as straightforward, and its biggest flaw is that it has to be a tie-in to this event. Like, right. it, it's not allowed to tell its story.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it still has to arrive at, at the same, you know, point, which is, I, honestly, there's not a lot of character evolution here. You know, like you would want, you would want these three issues to like be something that was, especially given what ED has gone through, you want to see some sort of change. You want to see some sort of evolution with the character for, for better or worse. And you don't really get that. There there is none. It's, it's more just about like, you know, who, who's siding with who.
0: Yeah. The Um, resolution to this is them saying, Hey, so even if Hope Summers thinks that we should still be, like, child soldiers, she does think that maybe this one shouldn't. Maybe mm. maybe Edie shouldn't be a child soldier. Maybe that's not the best thing for her. But it, it may be in, well, I say maybe, likely because Edie would then move on to a different book and Hope would be the character who remains through this. So the focus is kept on her and her Uh, point of view here but edie doesn't exactly get a lot of we don't get to explore her side of that decision she's she's having a choice made for her
1: right yeah and which ultimately is just kind of pointless because once the characters get over to wolverine and the x-men they are inevitably even though they're going to class in a quote-unquote school they're still being battle trained and
0: they're still doing x-men stuff
1: they're doing X Men stuff and going on field trips and you know bumping into supervillains and it's or supervillains are attacking the school. I mean it, it's okay. I'm I, I gotta stop that because that's not really what. That's this a different. Is about. That's a different comic. Different scenario. Um. All right. So better or worse than schism?
0: It's like right there because like two above schism is X Men Legacy uh 248 249 the aftermath of age of x uh, that has some stuff with rogue and magneto and gambit and again that's flawed but i think that's better than this like i'd rather go back to that
1: i Uh, I would give the edge to schism if only because it's at least trying to do something like a little bit more dramatic even though it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense this just feels kind of like dead air I, I, i i want more to be happening here and it's not
0: Is this better or worse than just 2 Below at 281, Astonishing X-Men 48 to 56, uh, which is the lead-in to Greg Pox. Wait, 48 to 56. No, I'm sorry. Edit that out. Uh, Astonishing X-Men 48 to 56, which is the Marjorie Liu uh, North Star wedding but also incredibly long karma plot.
1: Ooh. Similar, right? I mean, I think I'd have to give the edge to Astonishing just because it has the wedding in it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. got to count for something. Um, but we're in the right ballpark. How do you feel about it with X Men Evolution one to six at two eighty three?
0: I like X Men Evolution a lot.
1: I, okay. One of
0: our one of our friends decided to rewatch it uh, today, and I was like. I thought she was judging it. I said, "Oh no, I love it." And she said, "Zach, we're the same age. You've seen me. I look like X Men Evolution Rogue. Do you think that I don't also love it?"
1: <laughs> of course, it's good. Uh, it's got a lot of fun stuff happening in it. Uh, I agree. That I think Evolution is probably these six issue, Those six issues are probably better. Um, hmm. It's
0: probably not as good as that Neil Adams uh, X-Men story with the first Cable and also the Sentinels flying into the sun. It's probably not that good. I do think it's better than X-Force 49 and 50, which is Cable versus X-Force.
1: I'm on on board. I think that's a good place for it. So this is going to be our new 285.
0: This will be our new 285, Generation Hope Schism. Now... We have content that was also reprinted in one of those issues of Generation Hope.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk about this, but it is weird. Like, they even note it on the the intro page. But there's a couple of pages of that Generation Hope arc that is from this third story. And it switches artists. And it does exclude uh, one panel. And just just puts a word bubble there. Because the theme of this issue... uh, Well, let's tell them what it is. What is this?
0: Uh, It's X-Men Regenesis. Uh, number one, written by Kieran Sega. Gillen.
1: <laughs> Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Wr-
0: <laughs> written by Kieran Gillen with art by Billy Tan, uh, colors by Andres Mosa. Uh This is a story about the X-Men choosing sides, who would go to Westchester, who would stay in Utopia. Uh, It's not exactly dramatic because there was a lot of promo about who would be choosing what sides, and also the end of Schism told you who was choosing what sides, more or less. So it ends up being like, what side's Dazzler going to choose? And you're like,
1: well, who cares?
0: (laughs) I love dazzler wasn't the first thing on my mind
1: uh, uh should we talk about the uh framing device that's being used here throughout this issue which is bonkers and silly
0: i want i want you to talk about the framing device because i want to <laughs> see what you know
1: oh oh there's a secret
0: there okay. is there is go
1: all right, I'm just going to describe it as is then, and you can you can give me the reveal because I like yep. learning things like this. Uh, so when this issue opens, we are um, in caveman times. We have uh, Wolverine uh, next to uh, a fire, and Cyclops is there, and he's wearing uh, a lion's mane over his head. And throughout the issue, as those two caveman versions fight, um, they they collect additional soldiers who approach in their cavemen garb and uh eventually they they form their teams and walk away from the fire so okay i'm excited now what what do i need to know
0: (laughs) so you know how you know how cyclops is wearing a lion uh yes motif yes yes uh so in the script kieran gillen wrote that cyclops is wearing a lion cloth Oh no. What Kieran Gillen was sup- meant was that he was wearing a loincloth. <laughs> and Billy Tan was like, Okay, whatever, he's wearing a lion, let's go with it. That's I'm sure it's I'm sure it's thematic with something, and Gillen's just like It is what it is now. Figure out what it means.
1: Oh, my god. I mean the lion uh head that he is wearing over his eyes does have red eyes, which is yes. kind of funny.
0: We can it like Billy Tan got it and said, okay, I get the symbolism that Gillen's going for here. I understand what he's trying to do. We're just going to run with it. And Kieran <laughs> Gillen got it back and he said, well, that was a freebie. <laughs> I look so much smarter than I was.
1: Um, you know what this issue reminds me of a lot is the final issue of Moira, um, Muir Island Saga where they just sort of walk around the island, and characters are just like cleaning up or mm-hmm. just sitting around, and it's it's like you know, hey, what are you gonna do next? Well, I, uh, uh, what are you gonna do? And it's it's basically both of you know Wolverine and Scott sort of walking around recruiting people, and it's not interesting in the slightest. Like the motivation that either of them give to. You know, go with them is kind of like, I don't know. Like, it, it gives the most stupid explanation for why Toad ends up as the janitor. Or, there's, there's,
0: there's like three breakups that happen in this issue, which is weird. Yeah. Like, Colossus and Shadow Cat, like, officially break up because uh, Colossus mm-hmm. is going to stay with his sister who's in prison. Uh, and Kitty's like, Well, I'm going right. to go be a school teacher over there, you big dummy. <laughs> uh Rogan Magneto breakup uh i i forget how well it's addressed in Mike Carey's run and i cuz i actually believe actually no it's not addressed because Carey ends X-Men Legacy and Christos Gage picks it up with Regenesis Genesis so just kind of takes that off the table uh and then who oh Cannonball and Mirage breakup uh because uh, who's taking over the book at this point? That Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, I believe, take over the book here, or maybe they had already been on it for a spell. Uh, anyway, all that happens, and it's framed that Emma Frost may break up with Cyclops and go be a teacher, because if Emma is for anything, it's for the children. And she essentially says, no, I already made my decision yesterday, I'm going to Stay with you, Scott. Right. And that's a sweet moment. I, it's Gillen does end up breaking them up in a way that I don't care for. But it's sweet in that moment.
1: Sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's the only thing that even remotely comes close to being dramatic here is the the moment where you think Emma is going to, to switch sides and, and doesn't. Um, but, I mean... Like I said, it's it's pretty anticlimactic. Um.
0: The other part that I think does work is the scene between Hope and Transonic. I think that's done well because Transonic essentially comes bearing a gun at Hope and says, <laughs> you're letting I.D. leave. And Hope kind of just looks at her and says, you really want me to be the bad guy and I'm not? I'm like 14 and my dad died two weeks ago. So I'm going through a lot. I'm sorry. I've not been there for you, I guess. Uh, but I've got my own stuff going on. I, I kind of just want to cry right now. Is that okay? Like it's a very human moment for hope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That works. Uh, I, I do think it's hilarious that the, that is the segment that was copied over to the, uh, the other issue, but mm-hmm. they definitely had to, um, chop out the panel of Wolverine looking at Edie in her, uh, Like cave bikini walking (laughs) past them (laughs) because that didn't, that wouldn't have made sense in that other issues context. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I do not care for the artwork here. Um, I'm not a Billy Tan guy. Yeah, I, oh boy, not like, you know, the characters are on model for the most part, but I just don't like the way they're drawn throughout this whole thing. And this caveman thing, just, I don't get it. Like, what is i mean aside from just hey we're we're picking teams they might have had they might have well have been like picking teams for dodgeball or something in gym class like i don't really understand what the the deal is with these i guess it's supposed to be tribes you know oh we're different tribes we're going to different uh, that's the best i can do here they
0: essentially had it it feels like they said well jason aaron has wolverine kieran gillen has cyclops uh Who's critical to your story? Like, and mm-hmm. they they went through and said, okay, well, I guess I guess X Factor fits in wherever, so they can be on Wolverine's Cycle- or on Wolverine side. And well, do we want X Men Legacy to continue being on the island? Or, well, you're doing stuff with my new. Mother. Okay, well, the Rogue can be at the school. Uh, Gambit, we want in this thing, doing his own solo thing soon, so he'll be over there at the school. He has no reason. He just says, I'm bored. Gambit's <laughs> right. whole, re- which is a very Gambit move, like. <laughs> <laughs> Psylocke is said is told, Hey, uh I guess I will continue to be on your assassination team, Wolverine, mm. but I'm going to be on Cyclops' uh side, which is the dumbest threading the needle of well, we're not gonna screw up uncanny X Force, right? Right. <laughs> like it's a half measure is what it mm. is. Yeah. They they Absolutely. are like how do we shake things up with shaking up as little as possible?
1: Well, and to the point where the the caption on the last page, where the two you know groups go off into their opposite directions, it does say, "Whose side are you on?" You know, and it does ask the readers to kind of like say, "Well, oh, all right, where does my allegiance lie?" Given these rosters that I've now seen, uh, literally, in- why
0: I picked Uncanny X Men. <laughs> uh, well, there you I go. I was looking. I was looking at both and. If I was now, I would have picked the Chris Bachelor book because, duh, uh, I'm me. But looking at it, it it's like, okay, well, I don't care for, you know, Wolverine's fine, but like Beast, Iceman, Kitty, those aren't my favorite, favorite characters. But over here we got Storm, Magneto, Cyclops, Emma Frost. That's a good team. (laughs) I'm excited. Colossus is there and he's the Juggernaut? What's up with this? I don't know who this sword lady is. But, or this gun, gun, Jean Grey, whoever she is, but I like her. Uh, and I picked that book, which I I think think you,
1: you made a good choice. I think, well, did I, because I had to deal with a lot of Greg Landart. (laughs) That's true.
0: I had to deal with a lot of Greg Landart and I didn't know better at the time.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember just, I, I didn't even know there was the other book, to be honest. I, I was just sort of out of my depth, but, um. This book I don't think is essential or necessary. I mean, if you want to read Schism just to get an idea of why they, you know, what the story reasons were for the, the sides splitting up, that, that's fine. Go check it out. Um, you know, it's it's important to continuity, but I don't think you need this issue to add anything aside from just like I, like we said, it's it's picking teams.
0: As someone who wasn't reading at the time. Mm-hmm. I can confirm that and tell you that all you need to know is Wolverine and Cyclops had a fight.
1: Right. That's it. Right. It doesn't add much. Like, you know, so especially this particular issue, um, I, I think really has no bearing on, on your enjoyment of where things are going to go or where they've been. Um, so definitely don't think this is in the same realm as the other two. It's probably a lot lower. Um, where is Muir, Muir Island Saga on here? I know I was comparing it. Oh, Muir Island done Saga a... is
0: way worse than this, Adam. All you're right, forgetting that... how nonsensical the Muir Island Saga is. I
1: just, I remember bringing it up. So, um, no, that's down at wrong. 370.
0: You're not wrong, but like, this is better than that. Actually, hold on. Is this better than that ROM story we talked about last week?
1: Uh, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> That was at least action packed and and kind of fun. You know what yeah, I mean. Th-
0: this isn't better than X Men No More Humans at three forty five.
1: No, it is not. Uh,
0: it's not better than the first arc of the Cena Grace Iceman at three fifty
1: three. See, you're working your way down to where Damn. I was talking. This there. is this <laughs> is better than the
0: first arc of Extraordinary X Men though.
1: Um, yeah, I will give you that.
0: <laughs> it come on,
1: yeah. yeah. I'll give you that. So that remember how this... that
0: that one has a scene very early on where it's like, by the way, Colossus's parents abused him, <laughs> and it's never brought up again.
1: Yes, thank God for that. Uh, Jeez,
0: what a weird thing, Jeff Lemire.
1: Strange book. All right, so this is going to be our new 354.
0: This is our new 354 for Genesis, and our schism is over. We're complete. We oh, are back goodness. together. I'm sure.
1: I'm glad. I wasn't really worried, but I I, I am, wasn't
0: uh... either. <laughs> we can't do anything big and dramatic until we're closer to episode 200, to be honest.
1: That's true, and we are getting closer to that, folks, so stay tuned. Uh, so, Zach, what's up with you, man? Well, we should Comics we should SF. thank Jason again, I guess. We right? should
0: thank Jason again, because Jason went over to patreon.com slash comicsxf, threw some money into our coffers, and said, folks, I love what you're doing, I love what I'm doing, and i like to help us all get paid, uh, so, you know. We do thank Jason. Jason's great. I'll check out what Jason does. He's a great artist, great graphic designer, great web designer, great friend. Uh, and yeah, super-duper cool. Um, Want to be like him? The Patreon is where it's at. And go check it out. Um, also, ComicsXF has a lot of great content, including that uh, that thing. You guys
1: can always follow me on Twitter, at Arthur Stacy And uh, Zach, I believe that uh, we are going to talk about, like, Conan next week, right?
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about the Kulon Gath arc.
1: Oh, my uh, God.
0: Here's the thing about Kulon Gath. I have found a lot of people who really like it, and I've found a lot of people who were reading Claremont and chose that to be the moment where they said, I'm done. So it's oh going to be, this one's <laughs> I am very excited to revisit this story. Uh We'll see what happens. Uh, But until then, guys, this has been Bow the Atom, and we hope you survived the experience.